here we go. We are live. Except we're not. We're not. We're recording live. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. All right. Hey, this is uh, wild, wildly, wildly, wildly. It's not that wild. Why don't you say the name? Wildly Querious. Wildly queer, Querious. Apparently, I have a hard time announcing that or saying that. Anyways, my name is Corinne Vota. And I am Brittany Freer. And we are the two people who didn't start a podcast during COVID. The only two. The only two. We're very far behind. Anyways, this is kind of our introductory podcast. Um, episode? And, yeah. Episode. Is it episodes? Is that what they're called? I know very little about podcasting, apparently, but I do know a lot about psychology and mental health and queer theory and all things kind of related to that. So like I said, this is kind of our introductory episode where we're just going to kind of talk about ourselves. We know not many people are going to listen to this, so uh, this is for the people that want to do a deep dive when they hear about us years from now and go back and go, who are these people? And that's how they, that's how they'll find us. We're going to learn more about us. Okay. Sure. Why not? Sounds great. Perfect. Okay. So why don't, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Well, why don't you start? Okay. <laughs> I was banking on you starting and me just repeating everything you said, but about me instead of you. Okay, that's fair. So we're going to get into life story. That's what this is. It's just kind of background information on who we are. Uh, my name's Corinne Vota. I wasn't born that name. I was given another name at birth. And I grew up in Southern California in the technically Orange County, but not a great part of Orange County. And I was raised there. And my entire life, I knew something was different about me. Um, I spent most of my life thinking I was trans. Um, though we didn't have that word. When I was growing up, we had other words. that. And how long ago was it that you were growing up? <laughs> it, was, it was quite a while. How, how long ago? So it might, one might say I grew up in the early 80s. No. <laughs> that is when I grew up. <laughs> yes, but that's not when you started growing up. <laughs> I, was, I was born in the 70s, which Got makes it. me a little bit older than you. Just a little. Uh, anyway, so I lived in uh, Southern California, and later on in my life, when I was around 16 or 17, my parents moved to Utah, uh, come from an LDS background. And I moved with them. It wasn't, it wasn't so bad moving to Utah because I actually moved about six months before the rest of my family did. So I had a house to myself and kind of got to enjoy time being on my own. And then not long after that, I said, that's enough of Utah. I moved back to California and played in punk rock bands for the next three years. So now how old are you? At that point in time, in the, in the mid-90s, I'm, I'm roughly, roughly 19, 20 years old. You're busting up right now. You're laughing. You can, you guys can't see this, but... It's just peak time to be in a band. That is a peak time to be in the band. Mid-90s, punk band. 19 years old. Oh, yeah. Anyways, I did that for a while, and then I decided I should do a Mormon mission. And so I did that. And I went out for a little while and got hurt and came home. Uh, background, you know, a little bit of history on me. I have... Horrible shoulder. So if anyone wants to fight me, you're welcome to it. I won't punch back because I'll probably hurt myself more than you could hurt me. And if she ever claims to be an aerialist, 
you know, she's not. That seems a little random to mention at this point in time. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, let's see. After that, so I came back home from a mission, married a girl named Allison. And at this point in time, still very masculine presenting and posing. Had three kids. And then eventually her and I moved to Colorado. Wait, you missed a part. What did I miss? You moved to Utah. You moved back to California. You played in a band. You moved to Utah again. And then you moved to Colorado. That's right. So we moved back to... to I moved back... After my mission, I moved back to Utah. Because you were tired of that band life. I was a little bit tired of that band life. And All the groupies. It was so hard. It was difficult. Sure. It was really hard. I believe you. Anyway. <laughs> I can see you wanting to like flip me off. I'd see it. Only a little bit. So, um, yeah, moved back to Utah. Worked in marketing for 10 or 15 years. And then uh, moved to Colorado, where I continued working in marketing. And then when I was in my earlier 30s. <laughs> Then I was in my earlier 30s. Do you even remember what it's like to be in your 30s? Yes, I remember. I'm not that old, people. Anyways, in my earlier 30s, the, the trans thing kept rearing its head, and I figured, well, I might as well transition. Might as well do that. And then as I did that, still at the time being Mormon, I was going to be super in trouble for transitioning. And so I did what any one would do who was clinging on to a cult-like lifestyle, which was prove why transitioning wasn't evil. And it turns out when doing that, I found what what I do know now is, is, is an intersex condition. And that is biologically, genetically, um, my chromosomes aren't the traditional XY structure you would expect. Lo and behold, pretty much most doctors I've talked to said medically, you're technically more female than male. And so... There I was. I was intersex. I was no longer in trouble with the church. And I was like, hooray. But going through that experience kind of opened my eyes up to some of the privileges I had that I just wasn't aware I had. And in doing that and kind of opening myself up to vulnerability, that's when I realized there was a lot of people hurting that, sh- that are hurt by the systems I was a part of and by things I had done in the past that hurt people. My history in marketing was entirely about really was about selling products to people who didn't need them and just kind of taking advantage of that. And so I decided I needed to shift to a 180 in my life, correct my life. And I decided to pursue a degree in mental health. I went back to school, I finished up my undergrad, and then I finished a doctorate in psychology. During that point in time, that's when I met Brittany. And it was all downhill from there. That's one direction to point it. I mean, it was a direction. So during my time, I was working at the LGBT Center in Long Beach, California, as a, as a mental health provider, as a, as, a, as a therapist. And I would hang around um, the center when I, when, I wasn't, when I wasn't working. And that's where I met Brittany, who had just come in to meet some people and get to know some people in the area. And we met. And we fell in like. No. No? I didn't like you. Didn't like me, but after the first... You were pretty annoying. You kept trying to talk to me. I didn't want to talk to you. 
You intentionally sat next to me. I didn't want you to sit next to me. There was a whole open room. You could have sat anywhere and you sat next to me. That's true. I did. You're pretty pushy. Well, it worked. Anyways, for so for someone who didn't like me that first night, they asked me for my number. And I gave it to them. And then uh, a relationship kind of developed from there. And then from there, the relationship with Allison kind of dissolved. And I've been with Brittany ever since. Then, uh, let's see, not long after that, COVID started. Where we did not podcast. Where we did not podcast, just to reemphasize two people who did not podcast during COVID. That's what this should be called. Two people who didn't podcast. Right. That's actually a great name. Yeah, that's the perfect name. And then, um, yeah, so we uh, we hunkered down, and, and I did some remote therapy for a while, long time, and and uh, and then we decided to move to Colorado. I wanted to be back closer to the kids, and so we moved back here, and now we live just south of Denver. And then uh, both of us have just kind of been living here, living the life, participating in the family, and that's where we're at. So. That's kind of my background. What's yours? There's no timeouts in I podcasting. Have, I have questions. Did you have to go to the bathroom? No, I have questions. Raise your hand for that. Oh, yes. Uh, to the person in the front. Yes, but can we pause so I can ask you my question? So, are you going to tell us about you? Yes. Drumroll. Well, at a much later date than Corinne, I was born. Much later. Whole different generation for point of reference (laughs) there's a song out there that suggests i'm from the 70s and someone else is a 90s bitch and it's like it's our it's our song it really is our song yeah so you know there i was born and uh, the world was just a better place after that so i don't know it's weird to like talk about yourself is it yes i do it all the time well well, we're all super curious to find out a little bit more about you. So you were born, you say. I was now, born. Now, where were you born at exactly? I don't know. You were in a hospital somewhere in Arizona. Bo- oh, I believe you were born in the Phoenix area. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. And then, and then after being born in Phoenix, where did you find yourself? <laughs> where did I find myself? <laughs> found myself on the hard, rough, and tumble streets of Las Vegas. I hear, I hear those can be pretty bad. Well, you know, it took until I was, I don't know, twelve or thirteen or fourteen, before I went to a different state. Not went to a different state. I, I, I had traveled before then. But I remember one time when I was early teens, and I went out of state, and I went into a gas station. Was it a gas station? Yeah, who didn't have... A gas station. I was like, something is very weird about this gas station. And it took me a minute, and I was like, oh, there's no slot machines in this gas station. And then I was thinking more, and I was like, there's no slot machines at the grocery store. And it was just like so weird to be in a place that didn't have slot machines. So I guess like if you live in Vegas, if you grow up in Vegas, it's just there are certain things that are very normal that are not elsewhere. And uh, the presence of slot machines, I think, is probably one of the more unique things, you know, because each place has their thing. Right. But I feel like no other place really has slot machines everywhere, all over. Yeah. So it's very, you know, 
Las Vegas-esque thing. People always ask if I knew strippers. Oh, yeah. Do you know strippers? No. And can I? Oh, you don't. Never mind. No. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. <laughs> and then if I like lived in hotels, people asked if I lived in hotels. Did you live in a hotel? No. Okay, good. Good. No. Glad we clarified that. Point. No. The movie theaters are all in hotels. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, going to hotels and casinos was normal. normal. It was very normal. Yeah. So. So you lived in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and then um, did you go to school in Las Vegas? Yes, because, you know, it's compulsory. Yeah. You kind of got it, or you break the law. Well, I mean, college. Yes. I had to think, why did I have to think about that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to repress or suppress. College? It was yeah. pretty boring. Uneventful. And what did you study? Education. Yeah. Yes. And then what did you do? Well, then I graduated, so that was fun. Hey, I'd like to point out, you graduated before I did. I know, and this is a fact that I didn't get to rub in your face at all until it was too late. <laughs> so I really still grieve that opportunity that was missed. You had a bachelor's degree long before, long before I had a bachelor's degree. I know. I know, even while we were knowing each other, I had more education than you did at one point and didn't know it until we had the same amount of education, and then that was very upsetting. <laughs> Because that was one thing. There's so many things that you do that are better than me or smarter or like more advanced or whatever. You have a lot of skills that I don't have that seem to come up a lot more frequently. No one talk like the skills I have are very like niche. You have a certain set of skills. They're very niche. You have a more broad set of skills. And um, that was the thing that I could have rubbed in your face. Made us on a little more of an equal playing ground, which just makes me sound like a mean person. To be fair, there are plenty of other things that that you do better than I do. Yeah, but they don't really count. Okay, so more on that therapy session later. (laughs) So after school, you worked in education. Yes, I worked in education for a while. Doing what? Teaching. Oh, yeah. Yes, for a while. And then I moved into administration. And, yeah, I feel like I was in there for, like, 10 years too long. (laughs) Didn't you only do it for, like, six or seven years? No. (gasps) Really? Really. Oh, I guess you were still doing education when I met you, huh? Yeah. And then by then you were in your very late 20s? When we met? Yeah. Not very. I mean, pretty late 20s. It was the early late 20s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Early late, because you have the mid-20s, and it was the end of the mid and the beginning of the late so early, late 20s. Some might even say late, mid 20s. Late, mid 20s. Yeah. Okay. Late, mid 20s. And so you did education for a little bit longer. And by now you were living out in Los Angeles. Well, I moved um, I moved to California to pursue dance. That's right. You were a, were a dancer of some type. Yes, I did ballroom dancing competitively. Oh, ballroom dancing. Okay. Yes. Just okay. that. Not that other kind of dancer. I mean, you're a dancer from Las Vegas. That I has know. a certain... <clears throat> but you're actually pretty good at it. You I have, mean, I was decent. You I, have like trophies and awards and stuff. Yeah, but just as an amateur. Oh. So, not like... Not a know. professional. No, not a professional. Yet you have been paid to dance before. Well, because people need partners. Yes, 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 yes. And they found you desirable to be a partner. So I mean, I could do it. In other words, you had some skills. Yeah, but the, I feel like the standards were not high. 
Okay. So you came out to California p- to pursue dance. Yes. And, oh, you forgot the most important part. Who'd you bring to California with you? Oh, my dogs. Yes. Yes. Markers and Kairos. I had two very cute dogs. We are dachshund people. We still are. Yeah, we like the weans. Yeah. They're very cute. I'm very, I don't know. They're just like the perfect breed of dog. Number one, they're small, which means you could pick them up. So any small dog, I already like better than any big dog. You can't pick up big dogs. You gotta, they have to like know how to move themselves. Yeah. And sometimes they don't. Yeah. Little dogs, you just pick them up and put them where you want them. And if they come back, you just pick them up again, put them where you want them. Yep. So, but dachshunds, I think are like, I don't, they're just the best. They're loyal. They are very loyal. They're very loving and caring. They're so easy. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to go and, like, run around with them and play with them for hours and hours. Yeah, they're just more than happy to lay there all day long. Yeah, they're couch dogs. Yep. They will 100% lay on the couch with you. Um, Until they hear a knock, and then it's... They're great guard dogs. Great bark dogs. Excellent guard dogs. Mm-hmm. The house is very secure. We haven't had any issues of anyone trying to break into our house, because we have great guard dogs. Yeah, that's the reason why yeah. our house remains secure. That's the reason why. Exactly. If you try to tell them anything otherwise, they will disagree. So you're in California. You're doing some teaching. You're doing some special ed stuff, mm-hmm. uh, administration. Mm-hmm. Going to Disney. Going to Disney. Well, oh, right? yes. I mean, even right now, you're wearing a Disneyland sweatshirt. I know. It's like half That's of my... That's not the one. No, the other one I was... No, this is... It's not the original one. That one was black and white. Yeah. But this is the one that I bought because the other one is starting to... Show its age. I've had it since probably 2017. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we are. We are We are Disney people. Uh, we travel quite a bit. We do Disneyland, Disney World, and then our, our true love since we've been there is Disney Paris. Which is funny because in so many ways on paper, it is not a better park than either Disneyland or Disney World. But it is. Except it is. It's just more magical. Well, here's the thing. There's more space. Oh, it's design. It's flawlessly designed. It's not as crowded. Yep. It's it's cleaner. got it's cleaner. Do you think? I think it's it's the best word I can use to describe it. Is it's cleaner. Okay. It's um. It's convenient. It's got the same convenience that Disneyland has, where the two parks are like across from each other. Yeah. These are not across, but they're not not across. Yeah. So they're, you know, walkable distance, which is great. Um, some of the rides are Phenomenal. exceptionally better. Yeah. Thunder Mountain, you actually go under the river. Thunder Mountain is its own island. Yeah, it's pretty rad. It's phenomenal. It's pretty rad. And um, Space Mountain is just... Space Mountain actually, like, launches you. Yeah. And it goes, it has inverts and it's all fantastic. of that. So it's, it's smoother. It's just comfortable. Yeah, and that's one that you don't get motion sick on very not no, as not as much as you do. Yeah, I, so I can no longer go on the space mountains of the United States because by the end I'm I'm, I'm holding my mouth because I'm holding it in. Yeah, so that one's nice. Maybe a little TMI, but that's something about me. I get motion sick very easy. Well, all right, you don't get motion sick on that was better. Was Small World? Small World was ten times. And better. I'm so upset that we didn't get to go on it because it was closed last time we were there because. It just was so good. And it's so funny to see what other countries think of America because there were like these, these like, 
arches maybe is the structure of what it was that kind of go over the boat and it had like highlights from different countries so like the um you know the eiffel tower or like the tower bridge or you know all these landmarks yeah things that you think of when you think of these countries right and ours was football <laughs> i think it was like a hollywood sign or something but like i just that. remember football being so prominent yes and i was just like that's funny like yeah. it's just it's it's so interesting to think of what other countries think of us but it's cool because it was so much more like i don't know i don't want to say like in your face but it was like hey we're really trying to represent you know in a bold way yeah some of these places and i feel like the small world here you have to like find the small details and it's i don't know it just it it wasn't as cool there was no wow factor so we'll digress a little bit Uh, our first time there was we went to the paris they actually have an official pride night disneyland sponsored disneyland sponsored pride in paris disneyland in anaheim has not a sponsored right pride they have pride merch um but it's just rainbow it's their rainbow collection yeah um, and then they have Gay Days, which is actually sponsored by the city of Anaheim. And it's there's things on Disney property, but it's not Disney sponsored. So it was a big deal for Disney to have a Disney sponsored Pride Night. And it, and it was fantastic. And I'm sure it'll come up again. But they have a parade. The parade was filled with cast members that all that were queer identified or ally identified. Boy George was in the parade. And it was just it was that was a special night. Yeah, it was cool. So let's see. And then... You're uh, hanging out with your dogs, you're doing some dancing, and you're teaching and doing some special education. And then you decided you needed to make some more friends, right? Yes. Like, I didn't have any queer friends. Okay. So, and again, like, you know, California is a pretty spread out place. And so I was like, well, maybe I can find some community. Because I had a very, more, a much more built up community in Vegas prior to moving Mm-hmm. And so that was the one thing that I did not have in California. So I was like, well, maybe I can find some peeps. Yeah. So I found one. I found a, a peep. So you found a you found a peep. Yes. And who was that peep? We already covered this. Well, I have to go back and change it. It was you. Oh. Yeah, you're the peep. That's absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe you said at first you didn't like me. Yeah, because you were pretty annoying. Yeah. Yeah, pretty annoying. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because you wanted to find local peeps, but I didn't live anywhere near Long Beach, did I? Well, you no, you did not. You should have, because that was very misleading. <laughs> so that's how our relationship started off with annoyance and misleading. So I lived in Moreno Valley, which, mm-hmm. um, as anyone will tell you, unless it's the middle of the night, is a solid hour and a half away from Long Beach. But I, I it was so, so important to me that when I was working and getting my doctorate that... I was surrounded in queer communities in the Long Beach just felt like a home to me. So I would make the drive out there um, a couple times a week. And then, see, I would, I would go out there on Thursdays and Fridays. And then I figured out, hey, I have a friend that lives near Long Beach. I have to be there Thursday nights and Friday mornings. What if? What if instead of driving all the way back to Moreno Valley? You stayed at my place and spooned with my dog. I did that. <laughs> yeah. That happened. You slept on my futon with my dog. Yep. Yeah. So I, I, I had a friend that I was able to crash at their place. And yeah. That was that. And then it was great because the next morning I didn't have to drive for two hours because Friday mornings were always two hours. 
because it was going into LA traffic. And uh, so it was nice. Got to go get up, enjoy a nice breakfast, and then go into work and do the therapy. And then we get to go to Disneyland after and hang out. That's right. We would go to Disneyland afterwards and hang out. Yeah, Disney was a staple. It is a staple. I mean, if they don't know by now, but it's a staple. Yeah, the fact that you could carry on for almost 20 minutes talking about Disneyland. I could. I mean, we could have a whole... really keep going. We could have a whole episode about Disneyland. I'm sure there will be. It would be great. So, uh, actually, talking about Disneyland, that's actually a kind of a key part of, part of my story, too. So You worked there. I did work there, but that's not the key part of the story I'm talking about. No, but it's a fun fact. It is a fun fact. Also a fun fact, they gave me a microphone, instructions to talk to people, and no script. And that was fantastic. What were you doing? I was the intro warm-up act for Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. And so I had to keep people entertained for anywhere between 5 and 15 minutes. And I would engage the crowd. I would talk to people. I would flirt with people through the microphone. And then, yeah, that was me. That was back in the day when Disney was cool to work for. I guess they still are. I guess they still are. Hey, props to cast who made it through the Chapek era. Hopefully things are getting better now with Iger there. We 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 sincerely hope and pray for our, for all of your well help help and well health and well being. Well, and it it seems like at least as a consumer, there's good things are going. Yeah, it does. Hopefully those improvements are being felt by the cast as well. Yeah, because they're important. So the the background behind there, as I grew up, maybe maybe five or eight minutes away from Disneyland. And so when I was growing up, I went to a private school very near Disneyland. And after school, uh, we'd just go to Disneyland. Like that would be like our afternoon daycare. And then parents would come pick us up. And so we were just terrorizing Disneyland. And back in that, back in that era, back in those days, <clears throat> way back when, uh, Disneyland, California Adventure didn't exist. It was a parking lot. It was a parking lot. And... You could just go on every ride. Ride like, ride lines were never longer than like two or three minutes, if that, because uh, everyone was in school and like it wasn't the vacation destination that it is for so many people today. And so that was kind of my background there. And then the other thing, um, Disneyland provides me the opportunity. Uh, I have a little bit of social anxiety. I actually don't like big crowds or being around people. I get kind of uncomfortable. Um, but at the same time, I like experiencing people and learning about people. And so Disneyland provided me the perfect opportunity to find a quiet space where I'm sheltered off from other people and I can sit there and I can enjoy the other experience that other people were having. I could see other people were having fun. And so I got to experience that in kind of a private way and also just kind of learn about people and see people interact. People watch. A little bit of people watching. And then uh, for a long time, it was my refuge too. So some of my uh, therapy worked is working with um, very marginalized populations, um, a lot of native and indigenous people uh, on reservations. And some of the things that you have to absorb as a therapist, as a psychologist, are intense. And so the kind of the perfect unwind at the end of the day for me was just book it, book it to Anaheim and uh, sit down, have a nice meal, and just kind of unwind. And so for in so many ways, Disneyland is my safe space. Well, and I think... As a whole, because I used to go from Vegas, and there were times where I would leave Vegas at 3 a.m. to make it to Disneyland by like 7.30 for park opening, and then spend all day there, leave the park at midnight only to drive back home. And uh, 
it's just a safe place. Yeah. It's, there's not ever a point where I have been to Disney and have felt unsafe or have felt like, oh, maybe someone is following me to my car or. Right. Like, it's just, it's a safe place. Yeah. I mean, safe enough to let your kids go after school unsupervised. Yeah, exa- exactly. And it's it's changed a bit with how crowded it's gotten now. And, and uh we know there's obviously there's 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 exceptions or stories and things like that. So we don't want to disregard that, but for the most part it's been a very positive experience in in both our lives. Mm-hmm. And important. So with that, that's a little bit about us. Um we decided to start this podcast. Well, wh- but you missed a very- Oh, what did I miss? Well, my comment about you doing Ariel is that's because right. I do Ariel. That's right. One of us in this in this dynamic is a aerialist. Yes. Or a circus performer, but I'm not actually in the circus. No. I mean... I don't work for the circus. That's true. Our 15-year-old, my stepdaughter, your not stepdaughter, real daughter, biological daughter, asked if I worked for the circus last weekend. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. And you said? No. Oh. No. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Let's see. Oh, I just got an interesting message from our friend Whitney talking about law school. Not from Southwest about my iPad. One of us lost an iPad, but apparently One of us it was is found. Devastated. Devastated about the loss of my blue iPad. It's just, it's a staple in my life. Okay, so we're starting to digress into other topics. So with that, but they're getting to know about us. Yeah, maybe they need to know how important my iPad is to me because I wrote down all my goals for the year on that iPad. And they were, they were gone with, gone with the iPad. Hadn't synced up to any of my other stuff. Fair enough. Gone with the iPad. So before I tell people more about our podcast and what it is we're doing. Oh, that's interesting. Apparently the suggestion about um, law school is related to gender identity and sex identity in the law. Yeah. You're you're on your own tangent. This I is what am. happens when you have a computer in front of you. Well, I mean, you got to record with something. I know, but you don't have to look at it. That's true. Yeah, you're you're checking emails. We're trying to have a podcast. Jeez, people. Sheesh. Okay, is there anything else that 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 we're missing before I get to dive in and and say what it is we're gonna do? Mm, I'm pretty. So awesome. with that being with that being said, this is wildly <laughs> curious. And we decided to start this podcast for a couple different reasons, but um, most specifically, talking was the regret of not doing it in 2020. Aside from that, no, but we tried to. We were going to. We never got to it. There were other things going on. You like COVID? Yeah, you were working a lot. I was working a lot, but that was when we first, you know, we we're like, hey, let's start a podcast. And I'm sure there'll be more stories about that. Because when I was working, we did the whole, like, make your own masks at home and pray to God you're going to live and, and, and go for it. Um, and I guess, I mean, it is true. There are there are patients I was working with who didn't make it. And that's a sad way to talk about a thing on, a, on, a, on, a, on this post. But that's just the reality of what it was. So this is wildly curious. And so what it's going to be is going to be kind of our exploration of the world through the lens of mental health. Um, wholeness, well-being, healing. Um, Brittany, you bring a lot of experience to the table with kind of the holistic approach to health, um, aromatherapies, oils, crystals. Rocks. Rocks. Big shiny rocks. 
I used rocks and therapy, but in an entirely different way than, than you do. Hey, you know what? It's important to have rocks. So it is. It's going to be a lot about kind of healing and wellness, both from a mental health standpoint with me as a psychologist and also Brittany as a... Not. Not a psychologist. Regular person. But you have a degree. You have a master's degree in psychology. And you yes. do have a lot of experience with um, self-care and health using natural remedies. So we're going to talk a lot about that. And then also our goal is to learn things. Our goal in this is to be curious about the world. And so we will talk to different people. We will talk about their experiences um, through that lens of mental health, holistic healing, and then also through the queer the queer lens and understanding that role in the community and how we relate to each other. So with that being said, uh, this sounds like it might be the end of episode one. Brittany, do you have anything else you want to add? Nope. Goodbye. <laughs>